It is Friday, July 26th, and this is The Rally. Hey, everybody. Adam Giardino with you, and it's the first time this season that we talk to you live from Louisville, Kentucky. Yesterday, the Rail Riders wrapped up a three-game set out in Columbus against the Clippers in Huntington Park. It was a sweep. The Rail Riders came away with a 10-6 victory, so let's jump right into the highlights. The Rail Riders got on the board first in the top of the first inning. An error helped set the table after Tyro Estrada hit a ground ball down to third base and Ryan Flaherty made a tremendous stop. His throw across the diamond got away from Adam Rosales over at first. Estrada was credited with a single, but advanced to second as the ball got away. Following that, there was a strikeout, and the next man up, Ryan McBroom, came through with a double. It scored Estrada easily on a ball into the left field corner. Ultimately, an unearned run was charged against the starter, Aaron Savali, but the Rail Riders took the unearned run anyway, one nothing. They doubled the lead in the third inning. The first two men were retired, Tyler Wade, then Ryan McBroom, and the man up third in the frame, Trey Ambergeet career war yet. The 3-2 pitch is a swing and a well-struck ball to the 400 mark in dead center field. This ball's over the bushes and halfway up the batter's eye. It bounces back onto the field of play. Trey Ambergie circles the bases and he's doubled the lead. It's 2-0 Rail Riders in the top of the third. The home run was number 17 on the season for Ambergie. That sets the new career high. Last year, in 125 games, he hit 16 homers. And so far, in much shorter order for Scranton Wilkes-Barre this year, just 88 games, he's got 17. So it's been a nice first season in AAA for Trey Ambergie, and he helped double the lead to 2-0. We jump ahead a couple of innings. In the fifth, the Rail Riders really got things set up well with Tyro Estrada, Tyler Wade, and Ryan McBroom singling consecutively to load the bases with nobody out. That spelled the end of the road for Aaron Savali, and he exited putting John Edwards, the reliever, on in place of him in a really tough spot. But Edwards struck out Trey Ambergie. He struck out Zach Zayner, who, if you remember, homered twice on Wednesday. So he got himself into a much better spot, Edwards did. But then on four pitches walked Francisco Arcia, his first game for Scranton Wilkes-Barre since 2014. He had started the year with AAA Iowa in the Cubs system, released, signed by the Yankees, and Arcia on the roster after Kyle Higashioka went up to the big leagues. So that's a lot to say that Arcia walked and a run came home and the Rail Riders led 3-0. But after that, the Rail Riders still wanted to do a bit more. You get the bases loaded, nobody out, you're okay with the one run. You'd love... A couple more than that, and boy, did Wendell Riho deliver. Three balls, one strike, two down, bases full. The pitch to Riho. Hard hit towards left field, heading back. Kai Tom, this is out of here. A grand slam for Wendell Riho. His second home run with the Rail Riders. This time, four score, and Scranton Wilkesbury topples that lead even further. A 7 nothing advantage with Rio going deep over top of the 365 mark. That was the second homer for Rio in a span of six at-bats. He is not a home run hitter. Middle infielder listed at 5'11", 170 pounds. He had homered just once in his previous 76 at-bats before homering twice in his last six. The Grand Slam was the seventh of the year for Scranton Wilkes-Barre. The previous franchise record was five. They hit a Grand Slam last homestand. Zach Zayner did it. That set the record, and now Wendell Riho extends it. Seven 
grand slams now for the Rail Riders, and not only that, but that was the swing that tied the franchise record for home runs in a season, number 164 for the Rail Riders, matching the 1998 scranton Wilkesbury Red Barons team, who did it in 142 games. Meanwhile, just 103 games for the Rail Riders to match that mark. So the balls are flying at an unprecedented rate here in 2019. We know that. And in the sixth inning, the Rail Riders... Well, they broke the record, and it was an infield single by Tyler Wade that brought up Mike Ford, who came on in back of Ryan McBroom, who in the bottom of the fifth inning exited with a rib injury and seems to be doing okay. It was scary at first, and McBroom, as far as we know, should be playing baseball in the next couple of days. We'll get a couple of days off to regroup and recuperate, but for now, the prognosis is much better than it originally seemed at the time of the injury for McBroom. So he exited the game. Wade singled. In his place, it was the all-star Mike Ford. One all-star replacing another. Absolutely unloaded on the first pitch he saw from John Edwards. Here's Mike Ford. The first pitch he sees today, he swings and crushes one to right field. It's out of the ballpark, and there's the new franchise record. How about that? He comes in cold in the sixth inning, and Mike Ford hits number 165 for Scranton Wilkes-Barre. It's 9-0 in the top of the sixth inning. That capped the home runs for Scranton Wilkes-Barre, their third of the day, their 12th of the three-game series against Columbus. Six on Tuesday, three each of the next two days, and the Rail Riders with a 9-0 lead, but Columbus scored three in the sixth, two in the seventh. That made it a little closer than the Rail Riders ever wanted it to be, but Scranton Wilkes-Barre added a run on an RBI double by Cameron Maben in the top of the ninth inning. That gave them a 10-5 advantage, and though Columbus scored bottom nine, 10-6 the final. The Real Riders took Thursday's game, a sweep of the Columbus Clippers in three hours, 28 minutes, before an announced crowd of 10,100 on camp day at Huntington Park. Before yesterday's game, we were able to sit down and chat and hear some yarn spun by Joe Santry, the team historian for the Columbus Clippers, who's been part of the Columbus Clippers organization for much longer than they've been a Cleveland Indians affiliate. Back to the days where they were an affiliate of the New York Yankees, Joe Santry was around and he's got plenty of stories to tell and plenty of memories that coincide with the glory days of New York in Columbus. And so with that, we'll just step out of the way and let Joe talk about what it's like to sit up in the press box, look down and see a team come to town with that NY logo slapped on its sleeve. Welcome back inside the Scranton Wilkes-Barre Rail Riders pregame show. We've got a 12.05 first pitch here on Getaway Day in Columbus. Beautiful ballpark, Huntington Park, and a real shame we only get to come here just once a year. That's not what the former New York Yankees would say. This is where they called home for the better part of almost three decades, and someone who had been along for the ride, one of the team historians, is what we would give you as your unofficial title on the pregame show. Joe Santry is our guest and really, what goes through your mind when the Rail Riders come to town and you do see that NY patch on their sleeves, one that you were familiar with being your guys for a while? Well, you know, you walk in and it's the faces you recognize. The Tommy Phelps who pitched for us uh, 20 years ago. Uh, Darren London, who for 14 years was our trainer. It's just, it, it gives you a warm feeling. You know, it's like friends coming home. When you think back to those days when, when Tommy Phelps and Darren London were your guys versus the enemy, what makes that New York Yankees era stand out? Well, you know, uh, it was the class of the Yankees. Uh, 
it was wonderful. George Steinbrenner's mom lived in Columbus, and he would come and visit her. And suddenly I'd be in the press box, and I'd turn around, and there's George Steinbrenner. And it's like, you know, everybody, you know, <laughs> stop goofing off. But he would come in, and he loved to talk college football. Uh, he didn't really talk too much baseball with us, but we would sit down and talk about the Purdue Boilermakers and Ohio State and Michigan, and we'd have a great time. The Yankees were part of the affiliation here, 1979 to 2006. I mentioned almost three decades and just countless players that have come through the doors, not necessarily here at Huntington Park, but obviously guys that Yankee fans, people listening to these broadcasts would be more than familiar with. So what were some of the highlights when you think back to the great players who came through? Well, you know, uh, you stop and think, Rigetti, Mattingly, Balboni, it was a minor league legend here uh we had jeter we had posada we had uh, the core four the core four was on our 1995 team and we really had to play hard the last week of the season not to finish in last place <laughs> what happened <laughs> you know but you know you look and jeter was jeter we knew jeter before he was jeter if you know what right. i mean but he made brilliant plays, and everybody would just go, whoa! And you could tell. Uh, Bernie Williams was here, and uh, I can remember we used to have something called Party at the Park every Friday night. We'd have a local band, you know, play after the game or before the game, whichever it happened to be. And he would go up and play with them. Great guitarist. And uh, everybody would just sit there and watch Bernie play. <laughs> when you think about the core four, was it obvious then, as it is in hindsight, what they were destined to be? Well, um, if I would say Pettit, you could just tell the body was there, you know. Uh, he wasn't quite as polished as he was in New York, but uh, he was a kid. Uh, Jeter, you could see. Now, Jeter would make three great plays and then would back home one in the hole and send it 18 rows up in the grandstand. But that's what you do when you're a teenager. Uh, Posada was our regular catcher, and then he, I think it was his leg he broke, maybe an ankle, play at the plate. And he said that made him realize that he took his talent for granted, and he really dedicated him. You could see the difference in that one one year to the next. The one that was a little bit surprising was Mo. He was a starting pitcher here. In fact, I was the official scorer the day he threw the no-hitter. You could just, you just, he had two pitches, basically. and But those two pitches were the best in baseball. When he went up, uh, I got to give Joe Torre, he, he just worked with him beautifully. Him and Mel Stottlemyter, uh, just admirable. Uh, but, yeah, they they were something. Uh, they were fun to watch. We're here with Joe Santry, team historian, part of the communications department for the Columbus Clippers, and we're reminiscing about the, the days, the years, nearly 30 years in which the New York Yankees affiliation was here in Columbus. As the Rail Riders come to town, they have Cameron Maben on their roster. You talked about some of the great players that played coming up the ranks as Yankees here in Columbus, but I have to imagine there were some pretty neat rehab appearances for the Clippers as well. Yeah, um, that's one of the fun things we get to do yeah. in AAA. Um, every team gets a few rehabs, and you never know. We had Francisco Lindor earlier this year uh, come back. Uh, but uh, in 2004, we're playing, and 
in a short span of time, we had the entire Yankee starting pitching rotation pitching for us. We had Mike Mucina. We had Kevin Brown. We had Orlando Hernandez. We had Jose Contreras. And I kept thinking, who's in New York? (laughs) Do they need me? But uh, no, uh, in that same year was when Robinson Cano was a 20-year-old. That was a lot of fun. And it happens every year. And I think it happens more now than when I was young. Uh, But uh, I can remember once uh, uh, I'm walking through to get the lineup out of the uh, clubhouse and we're taking batting practice and there's like four guys hanging around the cage and Frank Howard who was a mm-hmm. all-star power hitter and he's from Columbus but he was coaching for us and he yells at me he called me Joe Goodbuddy I, he couldn't remember my last name he goes Joe Goodbuddy come here I want to introduce you to some of my friends so I hopped the fence and I walked over and on the other side of the batting cage is Don Mattingly Reggie Jackson, and I'm forgetting somebody, but it was another Yankee legend. And I'm like dumbfounded. He goes, Joe, you're always so talkative. Why aren't you talking? (laughs) It's freaking Reggie Jackson. (laughs) But uh, no, Frank was great. And uh, it's, it's like that whenever the Yankees come to town. And one final question for you here on the pregame show as we get closer and closer to first pitch on a 12.05 day game in Columbus, getaway day, the finale of a three-game set. Is there a a story? Minor League Baseball is so cute and local and just it feels like there are neighborhood local kind of stories that that filter in and out of ballparks is there is there something that you can pass along that has to do with the steeped history that the Columbus Clippers have here? I was up in our uh, restaurant, and we have a 130-foot bar with half of its Yankees. And uh, there were two young girls, uh, college co-eds from Ohio State, and they're looking at the bar and going, Look, it's Luke Danes. It's Luke Danes. Now, I'm the historian. I'm supposed to know everybody who's played here, and I don't know a Luke Danes. So I thought, well, they got the wrong name. That happens to all of us. Well, suddenly there's like 20 girls, and they're going crazy like it's Justin Bieber or Elvis or the Beatles or something. And so I, curiosity got the better part of me, so I walked over and I peeked over their shoulder and I go, ladies, this is not Luke Danes. He says, this is Scott Patterson. He was a Yankees pitcher back in the 80s. He pitched for the Clippers. They're going, no, he plays Luke Danes on the Gilmore Girls. I never got a chance to see the Gilmore Girls. So I ran back to the press box and I Googled the Gilmore Girls. Scott Patterson's now a Broadway actor. So, you know, all these players all have great, great stories, even if they're minor career minor leaguers. Joe Santry, team historian for the Columbus Clippers. For better part of 30 years, the Clippers, a New York Yankees minor league affiliate. Now, of course, the Scranton-Wilkes-Barre Rail Riders. Thank you so much for the time this morning. We'll be back with starting lineups next on NEPA Sports Radio, the game. Big thanks to Joe for being our pregame guest, and thanks to you for making the rally part of your day today. We've got first pitch at Louisville Slugger Field in Louisville. Pregame coverage begins at 6.30 with first pitch coming right at 7 o'clock. You can catch all the action with Adam Marco and me on the Rail Riders Radio Network, the TuneIn Radio app, and on the MILB First Pitch app as well. I'm Adam Giardino. Follow me on Twitter. I'm at Adam Giardino, G-I-A-R-D-I-N-O. 
thanks for listening, and we will talk to you a little bit later on tonight.